Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Micah, chapter 3, verse 5 through 12, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 9 through 13, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 23, verse 1 through 12, and Psalm 43. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's Jesus talking to a crowd with a spiritual inferiority complex, and he's surrounded by a small bevy of pious religious leaders. So he says, who do you follow? You have one teacher, one father, one instructor. It's simple. It's not that complicated. Can his message to them be that simple? A long, long time ago, wisdom came from our elders, right? Our family elders, the teachings that they learned from generations past, and the wisdom of teachers, religious leaders, other important role models in our local society. Pretty simple. Today, we are inundated with teachers and wise teachings from all over the world, the internet, the billboards, the magazines, TV, and theater, and Google. Life is so complicated. It has so many experts, so much advice. We want to live well. We want to do well. So we turn to the experts. And so that's my excuse for telling you about the other day when I went with friends to a Chinese restaurant. I don't usually meet for Chinese. I like my cooking just fine. But the restaurants have one thing that I don't have, fortune cookies. <laughs> it used to be that those little slips of paper inside the fortune cookies contain real fortunes, like the ones that come from the Zotar fortune teller booth at the Santa Cruz boardwalk. Fortunes like, good news will come to you today, or you will discover your hidden talent, or romance will come soon. At some point, they morphed into little three-inch pieces of wisdom, like the one I got once that said, just because others are bad does not imply that you are good. <laughs> if that cookie weren't cut in half, it might have seen me look hurt. I think that the messages in those cookies try to take their wisdom, such as it is, from the old masters. Sometimes there's something there, so we hope. So last Tuesday, with great anticipation, of course, I cracked open my fortune cookie, and it said, I kid you not, it said, things in life should be simple rather than complicated. Channeling Jesus. I wondered, funny, did that fortune cookie just read my mind? It's not that complicated. You are surrounded by all these authorities. You have teachers, Pharisees, rabbis. But in the end, it's simple. In your spiritual life as a faithful child of God, you have one teacher, one authority, one path, one goal. We humans tend to overcomplicate things sometimes, don't we? It's true, life has actually gotten complicated these days. Even our technology admits that. It's whole purpose on Earth 
is supposedly to make our lives easier, even though it doesn't. Some things, of course, are rightly complicated, like, like say, the procedure for launching a nuclear device. That should be complicated. Or closer to our daily life, the procedure for buying a house. But some things seem like they should be simple, but we treat them like nuclear devices. Judging by the instructions for putting together IKEA furniture, for example, or the instructions for planning the liturgy on Palm Sunday. Never get that right. Sometimes our tendency to exert maximum effort for the simplest goal is so silly that, that we even mock ourselves about it. About 100 years ago, an engineer started drawing schematics in the form of patent applications of intricate inventions that would later bear his name, Rube Goldberg machines, like his mosquito exterminator. Or, to take a modern example, did you know that there is a machine that takes 412 steps and uses an entire department store floor to turn on the lights of a Christmas tree? If you want to do it that way, you might want to start early. I think our need to overcomplicate, though, is understandable. It's understandable because at the bottom, we are afraid of messing up. We want to do things right. So you have a long, intricate morning routine because you want to be able to leave the house without realizing after five miles on the road that you did remember to bring your donut, but you forgot to pack your phone. So we have those routines. But so often it's not funny. It can make life so much harder and so much more burdensome for us and for others. And that's what Jesus sees when he looks around at the people around him who cannot figure out how to live a holy life with all those regulations. And then he sees the Pharisees around him wearing, showing off the proof of their holiness. He sees them, he goes, high fashion alert. Here come the good guys. Shouldn't be like that. And it wasn't always like that. Thousands of years earlier, before Jesus, God gave to Moses the law in the Ten Commandments. They're always pictured by artists as two tablets, right? Which is appropriate, because the Ten Commandments encompass two basic themes. The first five told them how to love God. The second five told them how to love neighbors. In the centuries since then, the people of Israel became surrounded by hostile peoples, by nations that worshiped other gods and nations that threatened to erase them and separate them from the Holy One of God, uh, the Holy God of Israel. Loving God and loving neighbors just got a lot harder. What neighbors are we talking about? Which God do we worship? So it became clear to the religious leaders that, that they had to protect the existence and the integrity of Israel as people committed to God. And to do that, there needed to be more guidance for them, more guidance than a few simple rules on a tablet. There needed to be rules that gave more clarity about who they are and what they stand for. It's an existential problem. If you are surrounded 
by nations that want to exterminate you. And does that sound familiar now? Nations that want to exterminate you. How do you maintain your identity as Jews or your integrity as people of God? If you're in danger of having your culture swallowed up by the pagan Babylonians or swallowed up by the pagan Romans, how could you separate yourselves from them? Often it's your rituals and your daily actions, right? So eventually, the Ten Commandments morphed into 600 plus that Melanie mentioned last week in her sermon. I thought there were 632, she said 611, but I think I made up the other 19. <laughs> but I think it became that many because the religious leaders didn't want to mess up. They had to get this right. The existence of the Jews as a people, their existence as a culture, and their existence as the chosen people of God depended on their faithfulness to God's commandments. But then the rules added up, right? There were so many. They were so minute. They became burdensome to the regular people who could not keep track of all those things they needed to do every day just to lead a simple life. Every day they would rise, eat, work, worship, sleep. It should be simple. But it's gotten so complicated. So Jesus comes around and here you see why he says earlier in his ministry, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and you will find rest for your souls. Just what they needed. The Pharisees, in their probably earnest desire to protect Israel, got a little carried away. They ended up creating a veritable Rube Goldberg machine for holy living. 600 steps and lost the point. In their zeal to protect Israel, the nation, they forgot about the people. And the people are tired. They're tired of having to go through 38 steps to make, a, to make bread. They're tired of trying to remember all the things you're not allowed to do on the Sabbath. They're tired of being afraid of being punished or being rejected by God. And, you know, the, God, the Pharisees were good guys. So in the past few weeks reading Matthew, we have been encountering Jesus during the days right after his entry into Jerusalem. These are his last days on earth, and he knows it. He has only a few days left to sum up for his followers the mission that he was here to accomplish on earth. The last few weeks of teaching that we've been hearing are, are kind of a screenshot of his teachings. You've heard what he has told them. Basically, he says, it's not that complicated because here's what he's been saying, what we've been hearing. He says, you have one teacher, you have one authority, you have one path, and you have one goal. Screenshot one, one teacher, the Messiah. Screenshot one authority, God, your Father in heaven. Screenshot one path, loving God and loving neighbor, the path of love. And screenshot one goal, the kingdom of heaven. 
And why is that burden so light? Because it's not that complicated. It may be hard to pull through, but it's not that complicated. It's simple. It's accessible. You can get there. God is near in your very midst, in your very hearts. God is not that far away, not so far away that God doesn't hear you or care for you. God is love. You don't need to keep track of all those other commandments that the Pharisees made up to know God's love. God is your only authority. Between God and Caesar, between God and Pharisees, it's all God's. You don't need to be pulled between the authorities on earth and the authority of God. God is right there with you. And most of all, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid that if you mess up, God will abandon you. God loves you unconditionally, totally, absolutely, and forever. You as you are. And when, not if, but when you mess up, God will forgive you unconditionally, totally, absolutely, and forever. And of course you mess up. We'll all do. And of course God will never ever abandon you. And that means that you can be confident. You can live your whole life with the confidence that God is with you. God is in front of you, leading you. God is beside you, holding you up. God is behind you, protecting you as you walk this path on earth. And this path on earth, our path, it leads right to the kingdom of God. It leads to a reality of love and forgiveness, not just in heaven after we die and leave this earth, but right here and right now. God is simple. God is not that complicated. It all fits into a fortune cookie, and it's this. Living with God should be simple rather than complicated because God stays with us no matter what. And that's all you really need to know. Amen.